Welcome to the Life 21 Church Podcast. Thanks for joining with us today as we explore the Gospel of Matthew. We pray that as you listen, you would come to more fully understand the answer to this age-old question, who is this Jesus? Welcome to episode 33. This will likely be my favorite episode because I have with me my favorite person apart from Jesus himself, the lovely Kelly Marie Lewis. Can you say hello? Hi, everybody. It's good to be here. (laughs) Today we're talking about Jesus's holy division and promised reward. And I was so excited to have Kelly joining with me because Jesus is going to finish up his instruction to his 12 disciples talking about how their ministry will affect families and how individuals need to surrender all, even family, to for faithfulness and following of the person of Jesus. We'll begin with verse 34 through 36. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Jesus is referring back to the earlier verses, verse 21 through 22, where he expressed that the apostles' ministry would be in contrast to people turning against one another, namely people that receive the gospel, become followers of Jesus. It would disrupt homes by causing people to turn against the ones that had said yes to him. For Kelly, I wanted to ask you, Kelly, just any way that you've seen this happening, even in our family or extended family, as Jesus's ministry that supposedly brings peace seems to end up bringing a sword of division. Hmm. The the thing that really sticks out to me about these verses is that God is always after the deep things of the heart, and he sees and he knows the sin that's in us. And he wants to eliminate it. He wants to bring his fire. Um, he wants to bring his sword, which is the word, to cut through the things in our life that actually hinder relationship with him. And so something that God has really done in our life is he has brought that sword um, to the places of our flesh that need to be cut out. And so I especially think of certain ways where Danny and I have um, not been synced up, where my flesh connects to his flesh, and and then it's a, a bad cycle. And God really comes into those places, brings the sword of his spirit, cuts those things off. And then from that, um, from the strife, from, from the working through in those areas, we actually enter into greater peace with him. That's so good. Are you saying that there's been times when you came with Jesus' sword and I got frustrated with you because I was fleshy? Yeah, or vice versa. (laughs) (laughs) We've had many of those times, but it's beautiful. Like Kelly said, if we will say yes to it, and if I will see Jesus' life in my wife, working through her, even if it disrupts me, it may causes me to lose my peace and my sense of security as I realize how fallen I am and how I'm failing— I can be called higher by the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Verse 37 through 39, Jesus continues. Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. 
Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. This promise in verse 39 is a reoccurring theme throughout the Gospels, all four of the Gospels, including specifically in Matthew. Jesus seemingly is constantly offering people abundant life, demons delivered, physical healings, promises of the fullness of the kingdom at his next return. All these things point to the fact that he is completely about abundant life and abundant life in community with those that we love. So I wanted to ask Kelly to share, how do you see this verse working out in your life, in our life? What does it look like having two daughters and trying to love Jesus more than them so that you can really be worthy of Jesus and his love towards you? Mm, That's a really good question and a really good thing for us specifically as uh, married couples or um, parents, grandparents, any any of these people that he lists here to really consider our relationships and whether we've placed any relationships before God. And for me, um, something that God really put on my heart was to set aside time for him. And both our girls, um, Eliana naps and Aubrey does a mandatory quiet time, um, (laughs) which is great. But those are in that right now, which is the means by which we do a joint podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Those times have really been a valuable time for me to go and just seek the face of Jesus and put him as the first priority, first place in my life and have connection to him that then fuels my ability to love our girls, to love my husband, to love others well. Um, and that was that was a space of time that the enemy definitely didn't want me spending with the Lord. And so there, you know, he'd bring up the task list or um, bring me to my phone or various things like that. Um, but as I've really given that space over to the Lord, the fruit of it has been so powerful to see um, love for Jesus going deeper um, and more satisfying in my heart that then allows me to love my family and others from that place. That's so good. And as a husband to you, Kelly, I've really recognized that only to the degree that you love Jesus more than me, that becomes the measure of how much love you have for me. Yes. There's really no other way. And in this world, we can often be in denial or deception about that because I know in my own life that I've actually had uh, an attraction to or a desire to be around people that idolize me. And what I mean by that is wherever I'm not trusting God to be my satisfaction— I've looked for people that put me over God because those are the people that will give the attention, the flattery, their focus to me in a way that only God's designed to give. But what we don't know how to get from others, we often try to get others to be that to us, but it always falls short. It always falls flat. And Jesus says when you're trying to find or hold on to your life, you lose it. But it's only when you lose it for him that you will find it. So we just encourage you today that may God give you a real revelation and a real clarity if there's ways that you're holding on to your schedule, to your relationships, to your children, to your parents, to anybody, 
in a way that eclipses your vision of him and your ability to receive him. Jesus continues now in verse 40. He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives the one who sent me. Anyone who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And anyone who receives a righteous man because he is a righteous man will receive a righteous man's reward. And if anyone receives And if anyone gives, sorry about that, gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones because he is my disciple, I tell you the truth, he will certainly not lose his reward. Jesus promises such a beautiful thing here. He was giving to us the warning to not love anyone above him. And yet here he's talking about the importance of relationship, the importance of loving one another, but only in its right place. Verse 40, when you receive, or when you receive an apostle, you're receiving Jesus. When you're receiving a prophet, you'll get a prophet's reward. When you receive a righteous person, a righteous one's reward. Let's talk about this a little bit to really get to the root of what Jesus is talking about. Jesus had sent out these 12 apostles, and they were going with the relationship with Jesus. They were going with the message of Jesus, the kingdom of heaven is near. They were coming with the authority and power of Jesus to do exactly what Jesus did, to cast out demons and to heal every disease and sickness. We oftentimes stumble at how much Jesus wants to connect with us through other people. I think of myself growing up and how I was often offended at the church for its failings. I would be offended at spiritual leaders. You'd see different people stumbling or falling or speaking wrong or behaving poorly. And what I would do, oftentimes out of fear and self-protection, I would shut down my heart towards them. The amazing thing about that, though, we have become the body of Christ and Jesus shares himself with us through one another. It makes so much sense that he laid the foundation that we have to love him above anyone else and we must take up our cross, otherwise we're unworthy to follow him and in fact can't. That sets the stage for Jesus to communicate to these disciples. One, I want you to receive me in and through anyone. And two, I want you to give out me through what I've given to you. Kelly, I wanted to ask you anything that you see in this passage that's been an encouragement to you or a testimony to you of what God is up to and has been up to with things such as these. Specifically, verse 42, which talks about giving a little one a cup of cold water. Um, You will not lose your reward as really ministered to me as a mother, because as a mother, you're changing diapers, you're um, wiping faces, you're giving food, you're cooking food, you're cleaning it all again, and kind of recycle, repeat, recycle, repeat. Um, And so this has just been so powerful that my small acts of giving Aubrey a cup of cold water, um, wiping Eliana's face, and doing it in the Holy Spirit and in love is so eternal. It is so eternal. And one of the most powerful things 
that our children can receive is love, wholehearted love from a parent, it displaying the voice and the face and the attitude of God. Um, and so that that has really impacted me. It's been an encouragement. It's helped me to go about my days um, with such joy and with a perspective of how eternal my actions really are. That's so good, Kelly. It concludes there that uh, I tell you the truth, he will certainly not lose his reward. As we're talking about Jesus asking us to have the sword cut into our hearts and even into our relationships, as he's asking us to love uh, him above everyone else and even to take up our cross, which is a torment and death device, he wants to really conclude this teaching to the apostles before they're sent out by illuminating rewards. There's the prophet's reward where you recognize that God has appointed and anointed someone as his spokesperson. When you receive God through that person, you receive the prophet's reward. What's the prophet's reward? The ability to hear and know God's voice. God wants to speak through you, through other people. May you receive him through the voice of others that are anointed by him. Whoever receives a righteous one receives the righteous man's reward. I love that, that ability. When you receive someone and you say, whoa, you are walking in the ways of God, I receive you as a righteous one, one who knows God, who walks in God. As you open your heart to such people, you receive the reward of knowing God's ways and being blessed by him. And finally, like Kelly had said, if you receive a little one, because that little one is a disciple of Jesus. You, as you give that cup of water, receive an incredible reward. So however Jesus wants to meet with you, whether it's through little children, through a prophet, through a righteous person, have your eyes and ears open to him so that you wouldn't be looking for him up in the heavenlies and not realize that he's right in front of you through the people you meet and connect with every day. Blessings to you. May you take up your cross. May you follow him. May you receive his best. Thanks for joining in. Have a great day. Thanks for joining with us today. May God continue to reveal to you by his spirit who indeed is this Jesus. Thank you.